0: is built to accomplish a lot and i'm looking forward to helping to get back there
1: I'm hoping the to modify system but... <laughs> hello and welcome to the husker cuz sports show the official podcast of huskerhype.com tyler here along with Derek. i'm filling in for justin tonight because he decided to take the week off and go row a damn boat Derek, what are your thoughts on his decision making I hate Minnesota fans anymore. I
0: tell you, he's been a, he's been a secret PJ Fleck fan for a long time. I think I don't know.
1: I mean, PJ Fleck is probably the most punchable coach in college football, and Justin <laughs> is easily the most punchable cousin on the podcast. Oh, so. absolutely. There's there's no there's no question about that no justin took the week off to spend some time with his family but he is out on the lake right now probably having a good time but we got an awesome show for you tonight uh we're gonna talk about the nfl combine and talk about the huskers in it and talk a little bit about baseball and give our mlb preview but first husker basketball this week we played michigan and the big 10 tournament and the game did not go the way we needed to uh this was a big game for huskers Derek, what were your thoughts on that?
0: It was kind of agonizing watching a little bit of this game. I mean, God, when I, at one point, I'm not sure what we ended up finishing up at, but I, at one point we were shooting like 27% on field goals. And it, was, and it, 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 was, it was
1: such
0: a – The pressure seemed to get to them. He, like I, I they just kind of choked when it came down to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we started off the game uh, – we we were up nine five in the first five minutes, and then we allowed a twenty eight to five run. And after that, I don't think we ever got within ten points again. Um, you know, they, they they started off and they looked good, and and I don't even know if they played bad defense. They just they couldn't hit shots like you said. It, it just it really just sucked the sales out of them. it. Was could have been a really nice weekend for Huster Nation. Well, you, you give Michigan a little credit
0: too. I mean, they played a good game. And obviously they're a damn
1: good team after going through Michigan
0: State and Purdue to yeah. win to win the tournament. So I mean give them some credit too. I mean it, it's it's hard to deny that they were playing good ball when they needed to. So
1: So so what do you think this means now? I mean is the season over for Nebraska? Are we just doomed for the NIT? I I, I seen
0: an article the other day uh, earlier today that was talking about we could even be a four seed in the NIT. So that is not good. Uh, Tim Miles, he is absolutely one hundred percent convinced that we are in the tournament. He was talking to BTN about this, and he thinks there is no way the committee could possibly leave Nebraska out. I tend to disagree with him on that, but strange things happen sometimes.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I and I, I think it's interesting. There was a. Uh... I don't remember who did it, but someone took like a hundred or 150 different brackets um, by different experts, and only four had us making the tournament. Um, which actually, I didn't think was that bad, but so <laughs> if, it doesn't it doesn't make your odds very good, though. No, no, no. It, it, when you're looking at a three percent chance, that's not what you want. But do, do you think where if, if obviously from the Big Ten is going to be uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, Purdue. And Michigan that are going to make it. If there was a fifth team, do you think we are a lock to be that fifth team? Or do you think there's a shot that Penn State could beat us out?
0: You know, I I, I think you have to lean a little towards Penn State at this point. They beat Ohio State three times to include it in the tournament. And it's hard to deny. I mean, I think that didn't they win 20 wins this year
1: as well? I think they got the 20. But we finished fourth in the conference, 13 and 5. I mean, that that that's gotta count i mean at the end of the day i and when we have this argument with college football all the time like wins and losses should matter like you shouldn't be able to just write off losses and i know it's basketball so it's different but that's a damn good conference record and just to blow it off is just it's not fair it's it's not
0: and i i hate to say it but i do think the committee is gonna leave us out i really do i i hate i hate it but, hey, maybe if we get in the NIT, maybe we have a better shot at making a run. I don't know. Maybe I mean, I know it's not as entertaining. It doesn't make Husker fans quite as happy. Uh, but, you know, I, and, and Tyler, let me ask you this. I've, I, I've seen a lot of this on uh, Twitter, and I've even seen a few articles about this. And I know me and you have kind me, you, and Justin, all three have had this conversation a little bit before. But it seems like everybody see, – the big talk seems to be is does Tim Miles deserve an extension, or will he have a job next year? It's like there's no in-between. I mean, people are thinking he's either going to get an extension or he's going to get fired. And I'm like, I, I can't see him getting fired
1: at all. No, I, I mean, I think the, the conversation I, I I believe is what good does it do to give Tim Miles an extension? And, and do you worry about him leaving? If you don't, do you really worry about recruiting? And I don't. I think college basketball is such a one-and-done nature. They're they're not looking at it the same as college football. Um I I would just let it ride. I I know this has been the talk of the town is, has this season uh, saved his job? Yes, 100%. Does it get him an extension? I I I don't know that.
0: I think when you have the biggest hater of of Tim Miles probably in Justin, and even he's convinced that he should probably come back, I think that kind of gives you your answer. Like, even the – Worst person to, to hate Tim Miles expects him to be back next year. I, mean, I can't see Bill Moose. And plus, I can't see Bill Moose firing two coaches within a six month time frame. I mean,
1: no, I agree. But to Tim Miles, am I right in this? He has one more year left in his contract, right? This is not his last year of the contract. Or am I? Am I wrong? I, there? No, I, I, th- I. Yeah, I think he's got next year. I think he's got. He's I think got- he's through. 2019 I think 2019 okay that's what I thought so yeah I mean so that's that's the thing is 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 it that big a deal to leave a lame duck coach if you have him for one year I I don't think so I don't think there's a shot he gets fired um and, and, and I and I honestly I let it ride let's see what another year does and if you want to throw another year on the back end of his contract just to secure him do it but don't go crazy and give this guy a four or five year extension I, I agree
0: and, and that's, that was kind of my thought process on it, too, was, you know, why not just give him just that one more year? I mean, one more year is not going to hurt anything. Yeah. You're not giving him some long-ass contract that's going to just cripple you when it comes to money. So what's what's the big deal? One more year can't hurt. I, but, next, next year is going to be a telltale year for for Tim Miles. Because you remember after we made the tournament in, was it, 13-14? I think it was. And then that next year we had Terran Pettaway and we had everybody come back. Ty, I think Webster was back. I, anyway, everybody came back and we were like in the top 25 to start the year because everyone expected us to be really good. And we just blew goats.
1: <laughs> we did. And, and you look at that, there's a lot of similarities coming back next year. Um, and this has been a fun year to watch. Um, Palmer and Copeland are really fun players to watch. Um I'm excited to see them. I hope no one gets some stupid idea and tries to go pro and they all come back for a senior year. And, um, it, because I think we could have a nice run with a really senior led team next season and cheers to the boys. I mean, we, if we make the tournament or not, I mean, we'll probably talk a little bit about basketball next week, but, uh, after we finally get the decision, but it, it's been a hell of a season to watch. Just a little side note here.
0: Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but James Palmer uh, actually made the all-district team. I didn't really know much about the all-district <laughs> team, but it is it includes Iowa, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Oh. And they picked 10 players out of those seven states, and, and he was one
1: of them. So I thought that was pretty cool, especially when you got Oklahoma and Kansas in there. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I know I know your love for Oklahoma. I mean, I feel like yeah. you, what you you, got them as like a three seed, right? I mean, that's what you, where you have them right
0: now. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is they only had one player in there as well, and that was that one-and-done player or whatever. Yeah, today. I don't or know.
1: Whatever. I don't remember his name. Something, but, yeah, he, he but he's fun to watch. Um, okay, let's, let's move on to some other players that are fun to watch. This week in Indianapolis uh, – the it was the NFL Combine. Nebraska had five players there: uh, Drew Brown, Tanner Lee, uh, uh, Chris Jones, Josh Kalu, and Nick Gates. Uh, what were your thoughts on some of the uh, combine?
0: Uh, you know, uh, it doesn't give me a lot of hope. <laughs> I. I, I... All, all, th- all five guys that were there, Drew Brown really didn't do much. So, I mean, it's hard to really say much for him. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, people out there thinking he's going to be on an F- NFL team. He don't have as strong of a leg as what his brother had. His uh, touchback rate is not high enough. He was two for six with 50-plus 50 yard, 50 yard field goals in his career. So, it don't sound like he's probably going to make it. Out of the uh, – I tried to look at a lot of the mock drafts, and the only one I could find that went through all, all seven rounds was the Bleacher Reports' Matt Miller. And he had Nick Gates going at number 174 in the fifth round of the Packers and Tanner Lee going at 191 to the, in the sixth round to the Los Angeles Chargers. And that was the only two Nebraska
1: players I could find in his mock draft. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the results of the combine, I, I don't think any of the Huskers blew anyone away and I, and I don't think we're shocked by that. I mean, I think that's the, the smallest surprise out there because we saw this team play and, and we saw that the athletes probably weren't there, but the, I guess the shocking thing to me is that Chris Jones is just, he's not, I, I thought he was going to do a little bit better at the combine. He always looked like he was a little bit more athletic to me on the field and he, he really didn't impress that much in the combine.
0: Well, I could I couldn't find a lot of his numbers. The only thing I could really find on him was like his forty yard dash and I think his broad jump. So I'm not sure what if he just didn't test out on the rest of them or if they were just that bad. I I don't know. Uh, it sounds like his injury from from last year, you know, last summer, where he missed seven games is probably going to hurt him to the point where he probably will not get drafted and we'll get a preferred free agent deal.
1: Yeah. Uh, our, our friends at huskerhype.com have a look, an article on it. Um, a couple of the players and, and, and I think he also did 14 reps on the bench. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's been that impressive and that's a shame because I thought Chris Jones definitely had some NFL potential and it looks like that's fallen by the wayside.
0: You know, you know, uh, that was the most disappointing thing to me. and I, Not that I had huge hope for Nick Gates to begin with, but I think he only did the bench like 20 times. For an offensive lineman, that's not good. They're only doing 225 pounds. Now, I know that's quite a bit of weight, but these guys, these kids are in the best shape of their lives. And you're an offensive lineman, and that's not even your weight. and You're only doing it 20 times.
1: That kind of shows you where our strength and conditioning has been, I think. Well, we'll get into that in the, here in a second. But um, so, so if I if I made you put a twenty dollar bet right now, who do you think will be the highest Husker drafted? Oh, Come, man. I kind of want to say Kalu possibly, but
0: I, I I don't. It's I think it's either him or maybe Tanner
1: Lee. I can't see a lot of people going after Gates. I just. i I agree i i mean i don't think it's phil pop i think he's got a good nfl body um you know he could project the next round i mean i don't know how strong he is um i i he could get drafted but i i think it's tanner lee i think you know the combine for him it is his speed he ran a sub 540 which was impressive for for a quarterback uh, especially a pocket passer so he's decently mobile i guess um Everything else was just normal. I think he impressed some scouts with his arm strength. Uh, that that was kind of the thing on him. No accuracy, but if you watch one bit of film on the kid, you're not going to see any accuracy <laughs> there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you we've know, seen that last year. But 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 Terry Lee I thought was a high intangible guy. I think you know he has what I would consider a very very stereotypical NFL. I I, I just think with the arm strength and what the potential you could see in this. There are a lot of quarterbacks that are projects. Um, I don't think he's a complete project. I think he's a guy that has a lot of the tools that maybe with some better coaching uh, instead of Danny Langsdorf, uh, you maybe get a little bit more out of the kid. And, and like I said, I think he was a high character guy. He held his head up high um, this season. He you know He said the right things. He always stood up after the press conference. I just think... I mean, if you're going to look at a fifth or sixth round pick, maybe throw it out for him. Well, you, you know, um, here's, the, here's the thing about Tanner Lee.
0: You get him in the NFL, if you get a good offensive line in front of him, we've seen what he can do if he has time to throw the ball. He can throw a pretty nice-looking ball if he has time. It's just when he doesn't have time, he's terrible. Yeah. And, and just a little side note on, on uh, Joshua this is This is kind of the reason why I thought maybe he could be the top pick for Nebraska was, uh, his his 40 time wasn't the greatest, but he did have a vertical jump and a broad jump that ranked the highest among all safeties that, that were out, that were in Indianapolis. So
1: that's got to count for something. I would think it does. I mean, I don't think that he's going to translate as what Bob Diaco thought was one of the five best safeties in the country. (laughs) maybe but, but, but hey, bob Diaco was wrong a lot
0: as much as the combine means the nfl remember nebraska's got a pro day coming up here in a week or two i believe i think it was like this i think it's march 17th if i remember right
1: yeah i that sounds right well that's a really bad day for the athletes at st patty's day they're gonna be out running <laughs> well they can, they can go get drink their green beer after they yeah. get done running I'll be be passed out by 10. They're done working out, so that's good to know. (laughs) Um, You know, I I think another interesting tidbit that came out of Husker, and you kind of talked about the strength and conditioning. Um, Adam Character had an article this week, an interview with Boyd Epley. For people that don't know, Boyd Epley is really the architect of the strength and conditioning uh, program that took us to national championships in the 90s. Uh, He was one of the first college football strength and condition coach, kind of a legend in the industry, and he is our strength and conditioning uh, athletic director. I highly recommend everyone check it out. But Derek, did you get a chance to read that article?
0: I did I did. Well, I, I actually read the article earlier in the week and then when I had time tonight, I actually sat and watched the uh, Adam Kerrigan Chronicles and listened to him. Uh, there's actually a second store or a second like behind the scenes footage where he gave some stories and one of the, one of the stories was very interesting was it was back in I think the sixties or right before he before he got hired. And there was a Marquette football player who was actually kicked off the team for lifting weights. Really? Yeah. Because coaches just absolutely believed you should not be lifting weights because they thought it would slow you down so much. And Boyd Epley came into Nebraska and just started this weight program and just started a dynasty. I mean, look at what we've done. I mean, and unfortunately, since he's left and came back, we kind of fell to the wayside. And hopefully with him being back and
1: Frost being back, we can turn that back around. Well, I, I think the interesting thing about that article is that there's been a lot of talk in Huskerland about the, what, what, kind of workouts were they doing and and he went into that and you could tell that he was not on the same page uh of the pro- way the program was going um you know the, the the squats are obviously a huge conversation and there's probably more to this story that will come out here shortly but or over time but you look at this and then the talk of front squats versus back squats and 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 i i get it and i trust boyd's opinion i am not weightlifting expert maybe front squats work well but i just i find it that you know you have that difference of opinions about like something that's fundamental about how they should be doing squats and it's just interesting like when you have that kind of an expert why wouldn't you have leaned on him a little bit more and helping to shape the workout program oh absolutely and you
0: know and the fact that he absolutely pushed for zach duvall to be here in the la- with the last staff and they chose to go with Mark Phillips. You know, I mean, they just really kind of ignored everything he had to say. And I, I thought it was kind of funny that... And, and this wasn't just a previous staff. This is the last probably three pre- previous staffs. But uh, they, they, when uh, Boyd Epley was here in the 90s, they had uh, created a machine called a jammer. And I think they said they had like eight jammers there, which was a offensive line machine that they used that apparently kind of helped them with the, with getting off on the push the way yeah. they would on the field. And and when he came back, they were all gone. He found like two of them left in storage somewhere. And apparently this was a really good exercise. I, I don't – I maybe Tyler knows a little more about it than I, I do.
1: I, I could speak to that. Uh, going, going back to my high school football playing days, which as glorious as those were, but – well, we had a jammer, and that was, a, I, was a, I was a left tackle, and that, that was a big exercise that we did in the weight room, and, and that was one of the best. And it, it's kind of hard to explain for the people that haven't seen it, but if you just think of the motion of blocking, um, that's kind of the workout. I mean, you, you have two handles, essentially, with you could put as much weight as you want, and you're pushing as if you were blocking. And the way the machine works, it allows you to put your whole body into it so you're working your legs and not just arms. But it's a really good workout. It gets some cardio going a little bit too. Um, definitely can build some um, some sweat. It is it is a very fun workout for that. But um, it is shocking me that a, a device that you built that is really good with linemen, again, you put in the workout. And again – I'm sure Mark Phillips was a very smart strength guy. And I'm, I'm sure there was some things that could work in his program. But the, the fact that there was so much not different and you have a genius and legend of the industry, I mean, that's almost the same as if Tom Osborne had come and said, hey, guys, you want to run an option? Here's how to do it. And all of a sudden, Mike Riley's like, yeah, I, I can run an option without you, Tom. I, it, it doesn't make sense why you would be that close and not say, hey, let me get a little guidance. And and again, I, I think the squat thing, I mean, squat gate has been an interesting tidbit. It, it's it's out there. But um, the, the fact that he speaks so highly of Zach Duval you You mentioned that. I, I God that's got to give Huskers almost as much confidence as us bringing Scott Frost in.,
0: well, and the thing about Zach Duval, and I, I don't know if you want to give all of Zach Duval credit for this. I, I think he's he has to at least have a big part of it, is the fact that they had one injury all of last year at Central Florida, and the one injury that the guy had missed a, any significant time had broken his leg. There was no soft tissue injuries, which, we had how many guys missed last year from soft tissue injuries. And really over the last four or five years, we've had a lot of guys missing on soft tissue or, you know, soft tissue injuries. So it's not even just really the previous staff. It's been, this has been an ongoing thing. And I I hear, I heard Boyd Epley really complaining about how the Husker power program has really been dwindled a lot over the last two or three staffs. And, you know, and now Frost is coming back and he's, Really, kind of bringing the Husker Power program back, and again, I'm not in the I'm not in the program, so I, Husker Power to me is always just a chant from one side of the stadium to the other. But, yes. but I mean, as far as their weight program goes, I guess I don't know what it entails, but if it brings us back to the glory years or even close to, then I'm all for it. You know, I mean, go go do what they have to do. This staff seems to I, I have all the trust in this staff right now.
1: Yeah, I I agree, and I think that the Boyd's uh, endorsement uh, is even more reason to give confidence. So, uh, you know, on top of the Combine and the Michigan game, we also had some Husker baseball this weekend. So, Derek, you want to give us a little recap of what's going on with this team? Oh, it was a tough weekend, really.
0: Uh, uh, Friday's game, Nebraska lost to Wichita State, the big old Shockers. Nine to one, were in a game that we gave up two grand slams in one game. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, the second game, we ended up losing six to three. Again, wasn't a very good game. I, I we did go into extra innings on Sunday, where uh, Zach Rapinsky had hit a two-run home run to tie it up in the ninth. In a game that we were down seven to two after the fourth, and then Jesse Wilkening hit a go-ahead home run in the tenth, and we ended up we held on to win with uh, Jay Cohency getting the save. So, and just a little side note on that: that was the Shockers' first loss on the season. So, I mean, this wasn't. I mean, we might have got our rear ends kicked a little bit, but this is a good team. It wasn't somebody that we were expected to beat a lot anyway.
1: Uh, is is Wichita up, State good? Is, is i i don't know this they're, they they're, a-
0: they're not in the top 25 but they but they're a good team i mean okay. uh so next weekend we got Cal Poly coming up we played Cal Poly at Cal Poly last year and won 3 out of 4 they are 5 and 7 so far this year and our this is our home opener so weather's supposed to start warming up this weekend again i think i think they're calling for like 65 on friday and supposed to stay in the 50s throughout the weekend uh let's hope uh we have a good weekend for some baseball i mean
1: nice yeah i mean i think that going down to the baseball stadium is one of the funnest things to do in lincoln um hopefully we start off with a good home win that would be nice uh but not only does home games start in Nebraska we are about three weeks away from the start of the MLB season. Um, Derek Watch you're, you're about as, you're you're about as big a baseball fan as I know I, I definitely enjoy Major League Baseball more than I do college baseball. Um, I'm excited you know the way that last year ended with the World Series was a really great World Series in my opinion. the fact that the Cubs didn't make it is always <laughs> awesome. Uh, but the fact that St. Louis didn't even make the playoffs made me happy. So yeah, that, that was the, that was the, uh, I, I believe it was the second time this century that we missed the playoffs in back to back years. So this is not a new trend, uh, that I think you could count on continuing, but it was a fun season. We saw some guys like Aaron judge come out of nowhere. Um, it, there was a lot of big bats last year. I thought last year was one of the most compelling baseball season we've had in a while. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're cutting Justin out of this one this week, but me and Derek are going to go through and kind of give you some of our predictions uh, division by division. So I am going to throw it off to you first uh, with the AL East. The
0: AL East. You know, I think it's hard to pick against the Yankees right now. And, uh, look, the Yankees were a wild-card team last year. They finished two games behind Boston. Picking up Giancarlo Stanton, I think that gives them easily that, that two games that they finished behind Boston. I think they finished out of Boston this year.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that the Yankees, you know, a lot of people have them as a shoe in for the World Series champ. I will be interested to see how Aaron Boone does this his first time as a manager. Um, I, I don't think being a baseball manager is the toughest skill set, but there is, obviously is skill involved. And as he's taken over, it will be interesting to see how, he uh, does with that roster, but my God, what a roster! I got them winning oh. the AL East too. So Man, I, t- I tell
0: you what, if I didn't hate the Yankees so much, I'd probably like to
1: watch some of their games
0: because they're going to be fun to watch. Oh my God! I mean, if you look back to the you got Oakland Sanchez, A's, Judge, Stanton. I mean, they're they're going to be crushing some balls, especially in Yankee Stadium, where it's such a small stadium anyway. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think back to, the, like, the 90s or late 80s uh, Oakland A's with Mark McGuire and the Jason Badgers. Giambi. Yeah, and I think that you're going to see that with Judge and Stan. And, uh, God, that, that 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 could be some fun baseball to watch. It's, but the Yankees are stupid, so I probably won't <laughs> watch much of them. But they'll be on Sunday Night Baseball a lot. I can guarantee that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, AL Central, uh, I, I'm going to take the first one on this one. I got Cleveland. Um, they won 102 games last year. They, I think, they were the best regular season team. They still have Corey Kluber. If he stays healthy, I don't know how they don't win this division.
0: I, I tend to agree with you. I, but I will say this. I, watch out for the White Sox. I know they finished really bad last year, but they picked up a lot of young talent when they when a lot of their trades last year. I mean, they have like I think what did I I think I've seen something like. They have like six former number one draft picks at this point on their team. So, I mean, they have a lot of talent coming up. I mean, they might still be a little young, but they could maybe be uh, giving Cleveland a little run for their
1: money this year. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think that's a good sleeper pick. Um, what about the AL West? Who do you got?
0: How do you pick against Houston right now? I mean, they're just – they're studs. They're, they're too good right now. They got, you know, Keuchel and they got a monster pitching rotation. They got uh, Correa, shortstop. They're just, they're just too all, too sound all around, I think, to pick against Houston right now. Plus, I think that's probably the easiest division in baseball to win.
1: Yeah, I, well, I'm with you on Houston. I don't know. I think the Angels are going to be a little bit better than people think. Uh, you know, I think they won about 80 games last season. I think they're going to probably push for a wild-card berth. Um, and and as a team like Houston that doesn't have a lot of history with winning, it will be interesting if there's a championship hangover and if they come in a little light, light this season. But um, it, it will be fun to see. Uh, let's go to the NL. And we'll go and start with the NL East. Who do you got out of that division?
0: Uh, right now, I would say... Th- this is probably the second easiest division and the nationals with their pitching and Bryce Harper, it's just too much, too, too much for, unless the Mets can figure out a way to get good again. But as of right now, I, I, I don't see how you go
1: against Washington. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I think they have, the, you know, great two headed pitching with, uh, Scherzer and Strasburg, which say that 10 times fast. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Bryce Harper is probably the best baseball player out there, or at least among the best baseball players um, in the majors right now. I mean, I think that team, I mean, the, I think the question is, do they finally figure it out enough to get a run at the World Series? Um, I mean, that run. I think they
0: choke in the playoffs just like they have the past three or four years. Yeah. And speaking, me.
1: and speaking of choking, let's talk about the NL West. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like what you did there. Uh, and I, I will go ahead and throw out the first one. Uh the, the team that's won this division five times in a row, uh the LA Dodgers, uh the choke artists of them all. I, I, I think they repeat as NLS champs. Uh as long as they have Kershaw, I, I just I think this roster's too good. Bellinger's I mean, great play I like I like Puig. Um but I can't stand Puig. Oh, I can't I, stand that guy. But he, I mean, he's an athletic freak. I, I I want to say I want to say the Rockies, obviously being in Denver, but uh, I I just think the Dodgers take that division.
0: Unfortunately, you're probably right. Uh, one team you didn't mention in there was Arizona. Remember, they had the second best record I think in the National League last year, only behind the Dodgers. Yeah. And uh, I, right now, I, I wouldn't count them out yet. I think they got a really good staff there and. Uh, I, I, I will say I think the Dodgers will win it, though. I think they're just a little too top-heavy. And with Kershaw, Kershaw's probably one of the best
1: pitchers I think I've ever watched pitch during the regular season. <laughs> and you have to put that caveat in there. And, and it was nice to see him get a little success last year in the postseason, it but uh, but it, it was. But so <laughs> we we are uh, – if, if my math is right, we have agreed on five of the six divisions – um, I think I we're probably going to agree so we're on six. One on the next one. I think well, I, 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 th- I, I think I think you're a pretty smart guy. I think you've come around. So uh, the NL Central. Um, and to give people some insight, if they don't know, um, I like most uh, great Americans. am a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Boo. Uh, Derek, who do you root for again? The Chicago Cubs, the former lovable losers.
0: Now World Series champs of 2016, go Cubs,
1: go. So I I think that we uh, obviously are in different sides of who's going to win this division. So talk to me about why the Cubs, you think, are going to win the division. And I will then tell you why you are wrong. (laughs) You
0: know, the pitching staff essentially is going to be about the same. Except for we lost arietta but we picked up Yu Darvish, and I think as far as regular season goes, especially, I think that's a wash. I think you Darvish is going to win some games for us in the regular season. Now, I know he kind of had that choke job in the World Series, but he ain't the first one to ever choke in a bad game in a in a in a tight situation like that. So I, as far as uh, World Series goes, I'm not going to judge him off of one game. I will judge him off of what he has done in his career, and he has. Really had a good career, and I think he will come into Chicago and probably be the number two pitcher behind Lester. And that's a pretty good that's a pretty good uh, one two combo there between. I mean, you talk about Strasburg and uh, Max Scherzer. That's a that's a pretty good one two combo there too. So uh, you got you you got uh, Rizzo, Hayward, and Chris Bryant. Baez, you got all these guys coming right into their prime, and I think right now they're just gonna be tough to be get, to get out of the plate. We're so good right now, or we're so we're so deep right now that the 2016 MVP uh, uh, World Series MVP and uh, Zobrist is
1: actually playing backup in the outfield right now. Well, you, you didn't mention a guy who could have been in the conversations for MVP of the 2016 World Series is Dexter Fowler because he has upgraded his life <laughs> and become a Cardinal. And I believe the reason, the main reason why I think the Cardinals have a really good shot is they may have the best outfield in baseball. Um, I, I think you look at with Dexter Fowler, Tommy Fom, and adding in Dexter, uh, 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 Blanking on my guy right now. Uh, uh, we just brought him over for Tampa. Uh, Azuna uh, from uh, Miami. We just brought him in. Michael Azuna, two-time All-Star. Uh, gosh, and we and I think we're looking at the – you look at one of the best outfielders. But I think what's going to shock people this year at the Cardinals is how good the pitching comes in. And, and last year, Michael Walker and Carlos Martinez did not pitch the best. Um, but what people don't remember is both those guys are 26 years old. Um, You have Luke Weaver as our 24. We are young. We were at the Cubs' ward two years ago full of up-and-comers, and and we have a great prospect who was out last year with Tommy John surgery and Alex Reyes. Dude, watch that guy. I'm telling you, by all-star break, he is going to be in our rotation, and he probably will move up to probably that third or fourth spot, but the guy throws heat. Um, In 2016, he was the number two prospect in all of baseball Uh, by some baseball magazine rated. I mean, the guy is an absolute stud. Uh, We're going to be bringing up a couple other pitchers that are among the top 100 of last year's. Um, We are going to be throwing heat, and our bullpen is deep. It is going to be one of the fastest throwing. I think we have two guys in our bullpen that are going to throw over 100. Our closing situation is not ideal, but our pitching, I think if we can get the top of the lineup figured out with Martinez and you, you're not going to be able to hit us this year. So, so,
0: what happened with Wainwright? Is he still with you guys?
1: Yeah, but I, you know, I, and I, I don't know where he's going to be. I mean, and maybe he comes back. I mean, he's 36 years old, I believe, at this point in his career. Um, I mean, he, I mean, I guess John Lackey's like 80, but I mean, is he still no, with you all? No, he actually. <laughs> I think he's done. I think he retired. <laughs> I think
0: he finally. Hung, I think he finally hung up the cleats. Well, let me let me tell you a funny story, and I, and I even had to laugh at this. So everybody knows, any, anybody who has ever watched John Lester in any game knows that that guy cannot throw to first base unless, unless the ball is stuck in his glove. Then he can throw his whole glove. But the guy That's cannot true. throw to first. He can't do a pickoff move. If you bunt it to him, he can't throw to first. So he is actually going to try a... Pippen to Jordan bounce
1: pass to first base. Oh my God, that's gonna be incredible to watch.
0: Oh, it's gonna be hilarious. And if it, the first time it doesn't work, everybody's gonna be laughing. He's gonna be the laughing stock of all of Major League Baseball. Unfortunately, he's still one of the best pitchers out there, and you got to get on base in order to run on him. So you,
1: you do, you do. Um, and, and 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 you know, it'll be interesting to see because I, I just. What I just don't get about the Cubs, and I, I you know, I know you are definitely better than me, um, and the Cubs knowledge and you probably baseball knowledge in general, but I am not a hundred percent sold on their starting lineup this year. Um I yeah, I just I don't know. I, I just I've been waiting for that. I, I think you look lose Arieta, and he was a big part of that last year, and the obviously the success. Um I, I question and then Lester... I mean, he's not a young spring chicken anymore.
0: No, I I get it. And and here's the thing, like Arietta, I love Arietta and he, he I will always be a fan of Arietta. Unfortunately, from from my understanding, the Cubs offered Arietta the same offer they offered uh Hugh Darvish and he turned it down cuz he thinks he's worth more. And after 2015 when he won the Cy Young, I would agree after last year or maybe even after 2016, I could still maybe make the argument for him. But after last year, he's he's not worth that $300 million that he thinks he's worth. And it's unfortunate that he turned the Cubs down because that would have been if, – if the Cubs could have maybe picked up you Darvish and kept Arietta, they would have been unstoppable. And, and you're right, once you get beyond Darvish and you start getting into Mike, Mike Montgomery, don't, don't count out Kyle Hendricks, though. I mean, Kyle Hendricks was he, – he's uh, – Greg Maddox, Maddox-esque. I don't want to call him Greg Maddox. I don't want to say he's as good as Greg Maddox, but he's not going to throw a lot of heat. He just has so much movement on his curveball, and he has such great command of his changeup and in his uh, two-finger uh, fastball. He just he he's just got the uh, more command than most pitchers really, and and it makes him pretty scary at times.
1: I just I think when you look at that division, the youth movement is taking over. And you, you know you, you saw the Cardinals from 2013 to 2015 win that division. Then the Cubs have done it the last couple of years. But the, the, the Cardinals are the young boys on the block. They're up and coming now. I think there's a lot of names on this roster that people don't know um, that are prospects. Again, if, if Martinez can keep his head in order, which last year he was – I mean, I, he was inconsistent uh, across the board. He'd have great nights, and he'd have just terrible nights. Um, and we can get some bats because we did not have power last year, um, but we can get a little bit more power. The Cardinals are the best baseball franchise out there. They've put together the success they have done with the payroll they have had is unparalleled. Um I mean, they should be the envy of everyone. And they remind me a lot of the Huskers in the glory days. They're hardworking. They don't get a lot of the attention, but they get success. And and that's what everyone should love about the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I, I don't know if we need to have Derek have another word in this conversation. Yeah, we do because nobody likes dirty birds. I mean, they carry the bird
0: flu. <laughs> and, and just, just a little final comment on this, really. On on a serious note, you know, we talked about uh, St. Louis. and We talked about Chicago, and, and both are both of them are really good teams. I think they will. I, it'll be a tough race, I think. But let's not count out Milwaukee, the Brew Crew, because uh, they finished second last year in the division, and they gave the Cubs a run for their money there for about three quarters of the season. They did, and uh, I, I I think they have a lot of young talent as well. So. They, they-
1: very young, and, and I, I moved, lived up in Milwaukee for a few years. Uh, really fun baseball town. Really fun baseball town. Um, really obnoxious fan base, but really fun baseball town. So I wouldn't – I have mixed feelings if they uh, could beat the Cubs a few times this year. So, um, okay, well, there you got your beer for your last call. Oh, last call. All
0: right, so I just wanted to throw a little last call out to Bill Bender from Sporting News who is predicting Nebraska to win eight games next year for football and it makes me really happy to know that I'm not the only one out there predicting Nebraska to win eight games next year
1: I you know it is sad to me you know I I, I was not opposed to firing Bo Pliny for winning nine games but sitting here uh on a Tuesday night I am hoping next season is at least an eight win season so uh that would be a great success. Um, my last call is going back to the NFL Combine. Um, a shout out, you know. I was re- thinking back to watching the Peach Bowl, um, you know, and thinking, man, that Shakeem Griffin looks really fast and athletic. But eh, he's probably just got a good jump. No, no, no. That dude is fast. He ran a four-three at the Combine this weekend and had twenty reps on the bench with one freaking arm. Like I get that he was using both, but he has one hand. Like that guy is a beast. Um, You know, I, you know, it, it's amazing what he accomplished. It will be very awesome. And hopefully he gets great success in the NFL. Absolutely. And i as much as I hate Seattle, and the only reason I
0: hate Seattle is because of Pete Carroll, uh, his brother, his twin brother plays for Seattle. So I'd really like to see Seattle pick him up. But you go back and you talked about his 40 time. He tied for ninth out of everybody that went to the combine. He was the ninth fastest player. And everybody else that was running that had these fast times were either uh, defensive backs or wideouts. He even beat uh, Barkley, who everyone is – well, not everyone. There are some that are predicting him to be number one in the draft. He was faster than Barkley so that just shows you how fast this guy really ran his 40 time 4.38
1: I don't even think I can get out of my chair that fast (laughs) I think that's a safe bet uh that that was fun and I will tell you another fun thing If you guys get a chance watch the uh, reaction of Pete Carroll when he sees him run the 40 it is priceless it is what we were all thinking and it's amazing. But this is fun. Um, it was fun doing this with you this week, Derek. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited. Next week, it should get the three of us back together. Um, so we're going to go in and say goodnight. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker Cuzz cast Like our Facebook page. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes and Podbean. Um, you can also find all of our content on huskerhype.com. They're a great partner, and they have some great content. So if you don't follow them daily, make sure you are doing that. Um... Hope you enjoyed listening, and lastly, Go Big Red.